Hey there, Patty Dominguez here, episode 107 of the Positioning to Profit podcast. Super happy that you are here for this episode. It's a different one because normally it'll be either a solo show or I will feature a fellow female entrepreneur. So thing is, Once upon a time, back in 2015, a friend of mine, Tim Wambeck, and I launched a podcast by the name of Boss Free Society. We did about 143 episodes or so, and it ran for, I think, a couple years. It was really fun, and we interviewed a lot of heavy hitters. So I caught up back with Tim because I hadn't talked to him. He's always a joy to have. He is a wonderful friend in our lives here for for my husband and I, and I just thought it'd be great to catch up with him. So he's talking about flipping the switch, how he turned off the business that he had when it was time to move on, when it was time to reinvent, and when it was time to, to make some serious changes in his life. And so coming from a male perspective, uh, I thought it would be a great idea to host him on the podcast and just share uh, what he's up to flexing fatherhood is his new venture and i just think the world of him tim's an awesome guy so check out tim wambeck on this episode and again if you want to catch our old episodes circa 2015 to 2016 where we interviewed some heavy hitters head on over to bossfreesociety.com it was a lot of fun and with that i'm excited to share with you this special episode with the first guy we've had in a really long time Tim Wambach, and on with the show. Here we go. Hey there, I'm Patty Dominguez. You're about to discover what it means to position your brand and your business to stand out. This show explores the stories of small business owners just like you who are bringing their message out to the world and impacting their tribe. So if you want to take your business to a category of one status, then hang with me because this podcast shares everything you need to know about how to be more prolific with your brand so that you can have more profits. All right, Tim Thank you so much for being on my show. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> on my is... show, Positioning to Profit. He called it Positioning for Profit. I was like, I no, no, no. It's Positioning to Profit. Yeah, and I almost did flog him if he was in front of me. But okay, so the story goes that as you heard in the introduction, Tim and I go way back. We were just talking about how we've literally known each other since the 90s, but never really met until what? How long has it been, Tim? Like, 20, it was 2012 or 2013, ex- I think. Exactly. Was. So I was most definitely meant to meet you, which is the Crazy. coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, and I consider you like literally literally like a brother, just the the best, most heart-centered person probably that I've ever met. So um, I'm so happy you're here. And we are going to be covering some stuff about you. I'm excited. Because the thing is, whenever we get into a room or on a Zoom or whatever, Mm -hmm. magic happens in in our conversation. We were able to, the chemistry is is really uh, uncanny. It's cool. It's cool. It's good energy. Um, Okay. So I've known you since again, um, now for a good six, seven, eight years or so. And back in the day, you were a co-founding member of a two-man show called Handicap This. And it was super popular. And even to the extent that your fan page alone would get millions and millions of shares. And you were specifically targeting the 
how do you call it? Handicapable community? The, the, well, the disability community. The disability community. And this show traveled all over the country, and that was really what you were known for. Now, t- talk a little bit about that and what that brand meant to you and just kind of the trajectory of where it then kind of ended. Yeah, you know, I guess the best way to describe this is so... I used to work at um, St. Mary of the Woods. I was the youth minister there. And every time I say that, every time I, you know, people would be like, oh, did you want to be a priest? Uh, no, I never <laughs> wanted to be a priest. My grandma wanted me to be a priest. My mom maybe wanted me to be a priest, but I- That would be weird. Be I can't imagine you as a priest, by the way. I, 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 could, I, could, I could do it, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, uh, so- I was a youth minister, you know, so I worked from 21 to 25 at the parish and I had a bulletin article every, you know, in the, in the, in every week I had a bulletin. It was kind of like a blog post that was published in actual print. Go, go figure. Right. Um, so it was kind of like to keep everyone updated, to tell them what was going on and all this stuff. And every uh, bulletin article, I ended it. Keep on keeping on Tim. Now we're, I'm going to jump back a little bit. The, where I got that from was I read the book, Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. And in Think and Grow Rich, there was just a little phrase, keep on keeping on. Like when you're you know three feet from gold or whatever, like you just keep on keeping on. You never give up. So that was like my mantra, like never give up. I'm, this is, this is who I am. And like, I kind of wore that on my, on my shirt sleeves as like a badge of courage. Right. All right. So then I started working with Mike when I was 27. So two years after leaving the church. <clears throat> and I thought I knew what keep on keeping on meant. And it wasn't until I met Mike that I fully understood. Now, Mike, oh. Mike, uh, Mike has cerebral palsy. Mike, um, it has virtually no movement of his arms and his legs. And he's this, this brilliant, hysterical, funny kid. Um, I call him like a, a, a genius wrapped up in this, this body that, that can't really move. Um, and Mike also has an identical twin brother. So here he has a, a you know, a, a twin, a, basically a genetic duplicate um, that can do everything that he can't, right? So seeing how Mike interacted with the world, seeing how he interacted with me, seeing how he interacted with his brother and his family, um, I finally understood what keep on keeping on meant. Mm. And that was kind of, that relationship with Mike really kind of like you'd mentioned about my heart. Well, that captured my heart. And it wasn't until like Mike and I, we, uh, so I worked with him seventh grade, eighth grade, and freshman year of high school. In eighth grade, he, we went on a, a class trip to Washington, D.C. And this trip was just incredible for so many different reasons. First reason is that his family trusted me to be with Mike. And this is the first time in Mike's whole entire life that he was away from his mom, his dad, and his brother. Wow. This weekend, it was like a Martin Luther King weekend, like in in January in D.C. That whole weekend, I was his mom, his dad, and his brother, right? I was everything for him. And it was a a tourist thing, you know, with eighth grade. You know, you have a bus and, you know, Mike, you know, uses a wheelchair. So Mm -hmm. I had to carry him on and off the bus each time we stopped. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was an exhausting, an exhausting weekend. And, you know, I had to uh, wake him up in the morning. I had to brush his teeth. I had to put on his braces. I had to, you know, do everything, you know, put on his clothes, make sure he got his medicine, everything in the morning, during the day and everything at night. Right. So I finally understood what Mike's life was like. Wow. But I also then finally understood what Mike's 
uh, what Mike's parents' life was like. Right. And that was like this, like, just like, 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 like a mental jarble scramble. And, um, cause I, cause here I was, I was, you know, I worked with him for at that point, like almost two years and I was ignorant to how he lived because I only knew for the most part, like eight to three, like his, his school day. Right. I knew what he was like in that time frame, and I knew what, you know, but I didn't had no idea what, his life was like on the other end. Right? Yeah, it was very so powerful. That opened up my eyes. So right, right then, I became part of the Berkson family and uh, mm-hmm. never looked back. But I always felt like that Mike and I had a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And th- through through what I experienced with Mike and through what I experienced from all different kind of perspectives and angles. Yeah. And so how long did that? So, okay, so talk about where handicap this started like what was the that opening thing that said we could turn this into a show i'm funny you're awesome like let's do it yeah so i mean it happened very organically which i think is part part you know is a big key in this whole thing so i told you i worked with mike his seventh grade eighth grade and freshman year high school so when he was a sophomore I was kind of doing a bunch of other little stuff, trying to uh, build other businesses. And I was a speaker for another organization. And I just, I went on April 1st, 2005, I went on a run and uh, I had an epiphany on this run. Uh, (laughs) One of these, one of these, these ideas, one of these, these epiphanies that like makes the, makes the hair on your arms stand up. And like, you kind of have to kind of pay attention to what is transpiring through your noodle. Right. Yeah. And, um, so the, this this idea this this epiphany this 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 basically like this just sh- sh- this uh, jolt of lightning in my brain was that I'd take Mike and his twin brother uh, we'd fly down to uh, Orlando Florida again we're from Chicago Illinois we'd fly down mm-hmm. to, to to Orlando uh, Florida and we'd have as much fun as we possibly could over the weekend and then when that weekend was over Mike and David would fly back to Chicago leaving me behind to run back and that's what I did in August 2005 so I had the idea April 1st. And I started running August 1st, 2005. So incredible. That, that was, and I was not a runner before I did that. Um, basically, I did it to raise awareness for how Mike lives, raise awareness for cerebral palsy, but also to show people it was possible because I was not. And I, let me stress this. I was not a runner before I did this. Yeah. Um, and um, so we did that. Uh, so like, again, people started hearing our story tangentially and um, looking at from different aspects, like when we were eliciting help for volunteers for different events that we were doing and people just wanted to know more about us. And then they, people started bringing us into their group to, t- you know, to tell our story and things like that. So we, we finished the script, I think it was like Labor Day 2009. And then uh, January 2010, we uh, launched the show at Oakton Community College in Des Plaines. And um, to, to three sellout shows, like it was, it was, I mean, there was in a small theater. So, you know, but thing that happened was people started hearing about it and it was very organic. Again, 2010, that was kind of, I would say kind of before social media, not totally before social media, but at least the power of social media wasn't, wasn't around. We weren't on any social media at that point. Obviously Facebook was around and Twitter was around and things like that, but that had, that was not, on the pulse of the people that were in our, in the audience at all. So we started, that was January, 2010 is when we, we started and um, we did it for, you know, almost 10 years. Unbelievable. So what was the catalyst for the show to stop? Ooh, yeah. So um, we, we, so like you mentioned before, we were all over the country. We literally went from 
Los Angeles, California to New York City and almost everywhere in between. I think we hit 27 states and a lot of it was road trip. But uh, so really, so what happened was, was um, the traveling got to be way too much on Mike. We, yeah. we basically burnt him out um, mm-hmm. and it was not, uh, it was not fun for me because I was in a really tight position because I knew what we had and I knew that what we had was needed and it was validated. And it was validated with, I mean, we were getting, you know, upwards of five grand uh, a presentation. Like that's like at our, at our peak, that's what we were getting. And that was, you know, we could have gotten more, but things, you know, be, but because of the way things kind of operated, it was hard um, to continue to have the foot on the gas. So we had to pull back right when we hit like our peak. And Mike's like, I, you know, I, I want to, I don't want to travel as much. I remember um, that. It was really difficult for me because I didn't know what I was supposed to do because Mike didn't want to travel. Our business was pretty much 98% travel. If we weren't traveling, we weren't making money. Mm-hmm. And then I had basically put my, you know, painted myself into a corner where this was it for me. For somebody who is listening to that, it's like, I have talked about this with other people of letting go or shutting down a business. And when is the right time to do that? Because it's a really hard decision. And I give you a lot of credit because your whole identity was tied to handicap this. The relationship, it was like fam or they are family to you. And so, so yeah, yeah, it's really, it's so much more complex than just closing a business. It was a great duo, (laughs) great show. You you guys, it was an amazing run. And and the fact that you did it for 10 years is something to be very, very proud of um, and everything that you accomplished. So, all right. So the show stops. And then what happened? I mean, I would venture to guess that because I knowing you because we were doing the podcast back then. And I remember you were he had said to you, he's like, I don't know that I want to do this. And that was so hard for you. And I and I kept saying, I'm like, well, it sounds like he doesn't want to do it. And you didn't really want to admit it It was really hard. Yeah, I mean, you were you were right on. You hit the nail on the head every time we spoke. And I was I was extremely stubborn um, because that I, I. I'm extremely stubborn in good ways and in bad ways. <laughs> this is one of the bad ways where yeah. I was really stubborn. Um, so what happened was, so this is, so we pivoted. So we pivoted. We tried to make like an online video for schools that, that, that right. kind of didn't, not, not kind of didn't work. That didn't work. So I was, we lost a, a lot of uh, investment on that. And then, um, then what we did was we pivoted again, which actually worked really well. What we did was I was in the, the, uh, the room physically or on stage physically. And Mike was in the room virtually on Zoom, like on the big screen on, yeah. on Zoom. And we, we we made it work. It worked. Like it was awesome. Like people loved it. But here's the, here's the caveat. So I was the one now doing all of the energy on stage. It's hard when you're on stage, that timing, when you've, when you've shared the stage with someone for nine years and now you pivot and he's not right next to you and he's, 500 miles away on zoom in, a, in his own little, in his own bedroom with a camera in front of him. That yeah. timing is different, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Different. And it's, it's, it's like, it, it's, it's a hair, but I felt it. I yeah. felt it like, it, it, so it's then it's like driving a stick shift, you know, and you can't ever get going. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a tremendous amount of energy on my part on June 17th, 2019. That was the last um, time I did a presentation. I did no tech. I went by myself. 
and it was Mike was not there. Mike wasn't on the screen. I didn't have a screen. I didn't do any tech. And June seventeenth, twenty nineteen. June seventeenth is my wife my wife's birthday. Mm -hmm. So um, that was the last time I performed. Um, or I mean, that was more of like I said, more of a workshop. It was three hours. So I've done three hours before with Mike. This was mm -hmm. the first time I ever did three hours by myself. Wow. At the end, I got a standing ovation. So that was kind of, I didn't know that was going to be my last one, you know, um, but it was. And for me, again, like kind of like to, to prove myself or what, whatever, like that was like the nice, I mean, there's people out there that are gonna, not going to be able to get this reference and I don't care because it's going to mean something to me. Ted Williams uh, was uh, one of the, the greatest, greatest baseball players, well, greatest hitters of all time. And he played for the Boston Red Sox. And I think it was 1960 or so was his last game. And he had a home run on his, in his last at bat. And he, and he, Oh, um, that's so epic. And, and Ted Williams, his initials are T S W. Uh, my initials are T S W. So I, I mean, again, it's not anything, but <laughs> it's I'm, so not, cool. I'm not, I'm not comparing myself to uh, the greatest hitter that ever lived, but I mean, you kind of just did. Yeah. <laughs> no, my point is like, I know it felt like a walk off to, yeah. end, to end it for me. Yeah. And a high note on a standing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. I didn't know that was going to be the last one. And, and then it turned out like that was, and I feel good about that. You know? Yeah. That's a beautiful um, way to go out. Like at that level, you know, at oh, a standing ovation. All right, we are about halfway through the show, and I wanted to stop by with a quick share, exciting share that I have. Have you ever heard of Prolific Cafe? It is my women-only business membership, but it's more than a membership. It's more than the content. It's more than the coaching. It actually has one of the best communities out in the marketplace. And the reason why I say that is because we have built a beautiful community of mavens. That's what we call each other. And we really celebrate successes. We help move each other forward. And the support system is actually incredible. And the reason why that's important is because being an entrepreneur can be a really lonely game. And as much as it's important to have the right type of coaching, of course, having the right courses, of course, it's community. That's the difference maker. And there's nothing like having a support system that's right behind you through the journey. So right now I'm offering a trial of Prolific Cafe. It is by application only. So if you're interested, head on over to prolificcafe.com where we can have a conversation. I can share more about what Prolific Cafe offers and really to see if it's a good fit. So with that, head on over to prolificcafe.com for this exclusive offer, prolificcafe.com. All right, now back to the show. All right, so jumping up on your own meant what to you? Like what, so where are you now? Because this, the whole premise here is, you had this business for over 12, 10 years, certainly for 10 years, blood, sweat, tears, all heart. A, so, a lot of love, a lot of stuff, a lot of hours, miles, all of it. Um, and then to leave that, close the door on that, then where were you? Did you go through this like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? Yeah. Or did you know what you wanted to do? No, well, no, I did. I, well, here, okay. So the, 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 the quick answer is I didn't know what I want. The quick answer is I didn't know how to get to what I wanted to do. So, so the I've, how. Always wanted, I've always wanted to help 
others. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to do it in a way that is meaningful and in a way that can connect. Cause I'm a, I'm, I'm a, like this, this whole, like, you know, last 12 months or whatever has been mm-hmm. a killer on me because yeah. I love people. I love being around people. I love interacting with people and, mm-hmm. and without doing that. I mean, granted, believe me, I've been blessed with my, with my family and we've been able to spend just an amazing amount of time together, which has been incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I, so I, my, my first daughter was born uh, June, 2018. And that was, that, you know, she was, she was premature. She was in the, uh, she was in the NICU for 22 days. So that like, that was a, a real struggle. Um, and then, uh, so I, I, yeah, so I didn't know, I didn't know what I was, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know. Luckily um, I, have a, I have a big network and a lot of great friends. So I was able to kind of get picked up pretty quickly as far as being able to do kind of some freelance work as far as like consulting or stuff like that, which I mean, I'm not Mr. Consultant, but I definitely was able to, um, to, to kind of weather the storm, let's just say. And then the pandemic hit, right? Then, you know, my wife, lost, uh, lost her job. She was pregnant. Uh, she was seven months pregnant when she lost her job, March 18th, 2020. Hmm. Um, and then like, so so when my wife lost her job, that was, I don't want to say a wake up call, but that like, I'm like, okay, you know, things, things are, the struggle's real, right? Like I, I I have to really get, get my, my button gear. But again, it was, we there was so much uncertainty in the world and my wife was pregnant and I, I just basically used food as, uh, as medicine basically. And, you know, my, my wife being pregnant, you know, her, our first, uh, her first pregnancy, she didn't necessarily have all the food cravings. The second one she did. So, you know, we were going Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, Wendy's, you know, <laughs> Burger King. Well, I mean, Sarah's having something. I, I have to have something. Right. I don't have to, but I think I will. Right. Um, so I just, I put on a lot of weight and on May 4th, uh, I stepped on the scale and was was mortified. I weighed two hundred and fifty five point four pounds, um, and I got off and I said, "Never the fuck again." And I went for a walk. <laughs> I cried because <laughs> I've I've had I've had yo yos my whole life with weights. Because so what happened was on this walk, I reversed engineered. All well, I tried to reverse engineer all my mistakes, all my failures, all the reasons why do I keep coming to this point? Why do I keep coming here? Why am I keep repeating the same mistake over and over and over again? And that walk was like the most powerful walk that I've ever had, and everything changed. Like, wow! I, I made I made like the the flip the switch. Like you were talking about, like how to flip the switch to end a business. Why? Well, yeah. Flipped the switch on how to start one, sort of. Uh, it was more how to how to get my ass in gear. And it kind of boils down to two, two books really, to be honest. Um, Scott Adams, how to, how to fail at almost everything and still win big and atomic habits by James Clare. Mm-hmm. So they, ironically that the atomic habits mentions Scott Adams and oh. where I'm going to get at with this is Scott Adams has a philosophy, a theory um, that systems beat goals. So yeah, so the system, I've created a system for myself on using, using what I know about myself, right? So anyone can do this. And that's what, you know, that's what we're going to get to about my, my business. I'm, what I've done is called kind of intuitive fat loss. That's the way I look at it. I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's really, but it's really reverse engineering your past and using what you know 
for your benefit about yourself, right? So for instance, I'll just give you really quick what, what my system was. This now, granted, this is not a system for everybody. This was my system based on what the answers that I, that I came to from my reverse engineering. So I know carbs are my kryptonite. No, there's no doubt. So what I did was I kind of, I started slow. So I first said, okay, I need to do 8,000 steps a day and I need to drink 64 ounces of water. So those are like the first two that I did in the month of May. And I didn't hit 8,000 every single day, but I did more often than not. Same with the 64 ounces of water. I pretty much hit that pretty, pretty regularly. So then now we come into June. My daughter was born on June 9th. I was actually, I almost missed the, <laughs> I almost missed the birth because I was out in the hallway. Out for your walk or something? Getting my steps. Uh. <laughs> I, I got a text going, get your ass in here. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, yeah, so my, my, basically my, my overall, without getting into everything, it was, it was, uh, I intermittent fast 18 hours and, you know, eight for six hours. So basically I had two meals a day. I would walk over 10,000 steps a day. I would drink 128 ounces of water a day. And then the, the what I would eat would be high protein, low carb. That was my plan. <laughs> Wow. That's my system. And that's yeah. what works for me. Okay. Yeah. So now are you translating that into what you're doing now? Absolutely. So what I have is a business called Flexing Fatherhood. It's group and one-on-one -on -one coaching, overweight dads, helping overweight dads to reclaim their, their health and energy. And I'm, I'm really doing it more so, like I said, like we, I get on, I, I get on a call with them, a Zoom call like this. And I dive into their health history. Now, I am not a doctor. And that's, you know, talking about, you know, how hard was it to do this or whatever. I had imposter syndrome for years. I wanted to be a health coach for four years ago. 2017 is when I really, really was entertaining it. Mm -hmm. But I just always, I never felt like I had the credentials. I didn't feel like I had the knowledge. And then every time I was like up, you know, I wanted to do it you know, I was not in the best shape. So then, you know, it just, it just never, it never connected for me. Right. Well, and, and, and it's a matter of being congruent, right? Oh, so absolutely. And that's, I probably think that because you're such a, a man of integrity, you're like, how can I show up and talk to someone about their weight if I'm overweight? So it's very incongruent. I don't, and then I know the imposter syndrome thing, but knowing what I know of you, I think it's just a matter of the congruency. Don't you think? Yeah, well, I think it's both. I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, you're, for you're sure. Right. We'll I would that. say it's it's definitely more what you said as far as you know being congruent. Yeah, and and then that imposter syndrome just kind of creeps up, and because you're not there, it makes it bigger because you're not there, right? Makes sense. So so yeah, so the 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 more in shape I got, the more um, that imposter syndrome got less and less. That's I mean, I still have it a little bit, but not not that much. And because, you know, I, I basically what I did was I soft launch with with um, a, a pilot program. So I got like 21 guys that that are that are that I'm going that are going through this program right now and they're loving it. Like it's unbelievable. Okay. So what's your vision? Because I'm big on declarations for where you want to take flexing fatherhood. Help fathers gain their power, right? What I want to do then is create systematic change uh, in, in, in fathers and, you know, ha having fathers be strong role models, right? So I want to do that through my coaching, but really ultimately what flexing fatherhood is, it's a lifestyle business. And we the first piece of the lifestyle is your health, right? Because if you don't have your health, you don't have anything.
boils down to a bunch of different things. The first and foremost is you have to want it for yourself because mm-hmm. I can't give it to you. I can right. try and I can, I can give you a lot, but I can't, I can't do the pushups for you. I can't, you know, do the healthy cooking for you. I can't eat the healthy meals for you. I mean, that's, you, that's, you gotta want it yourself. Mm-hmm. You gotta want it. And that that's the, the first thing. The second thing is wh- why are you doing this? Because for me, my family is my my why. I have two young girls. I'm 47 years old. I have a two and a half year old and an eight month old. I want to be around for their kids, right? Mm-hmm. So if I want to do that, I need to take control of me. Now, I can't control <laughs> what's going on in the world, but I can't control what's going on with me. So that's what I tell my guys. You control what you can control. And what you eat is the most thing that you can control in your life is what you eat. And and your movements, you know, you how you know how much how much you move, but primarily your what you eat is you know food is thy medicine, right? So absolutely, I my whole core thing is it's food. It's all about the food, and you got to eat whole food, and you you got to be deliberate. You shouldn't be eating five times a day. At least that's not, that's my my philosophy is you know you want to eat less. All right, Tim. So how does someone get a hold of you who is interested in flexing fatherhood? Right now I'm on Twitter at Tim Wambach. Okay. T-I-M-W-A-M-B-A-C-H. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on Instagram at flexing fatherhood. And then if you go to, uh, for those of you listening, bossfreesociety.com, it'll take you to the page on my website and you'll you'll see all of the shows. We we interviewed some heavy hitters. Russell Brunson. Russell Brunson. Mike Michalowicz. Yep. He was awesome. Yeah, um, like really, really impressive people. And what's awesome about it too, because I was looking at some of the stuff that we did and some of the people that we interviewed are even bigger now. Oh my God, so you know? much bigger. Yeah, like Ray Higdon. Ray Higdon, holy smokes. Yes. Remember Chris Stapleton? Yes. He's been blowing up on Facebook. Really? At the country singer. No, no, I know exactly. He's such a nice No, I was guy. talking about people <laughs> listening. <laughs> yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah we, we've, we've interviewed some really cool people. But even like the episodes that you're talking about, like the Mike McCallis, Mike McCallowitz one. That was so good. Ben Settle. That was so good. Oh my good. God, Ben Settle. When I, ben when Settle. I, I called him, uh, what did, who did I call him? We interviewed <laughs> him the same day, the copywriter, the comic. Yeah, he's amazing. Kevin Rogers, we interviewed. Kevin Rogers, yeah. So uh, yeah, Kevin Rogers and Ben Settle, we interviewed them the same exact day. Yes. In our because we like to batch our shows. We did. That was our secret to getting but, to that. You know how many people have told me that like Ben Settle is like their um I guess you could say their mentor or like they've learned everything they've learned about email marketing through He's Ben huge. Settle. He I, and I'm like, I I I mean I knew he was no, he's a copywriting icon. He really. I is. knew he was like, but he. I, I don't know when he when we interviewed him. Was he that? He wasn't that big then, was he? Or he was pretty big. He's he he's been, he's been consistent as any. I mean, he's incredible. So much fun that that I yeah. remember. It was a really was, good show. He was the only guy that we actually created like a, a, a an outtakes. Show. An outtakes one, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> it was awesome. Well, Tim, thank you so much. Yeah, um, I really appreciate you being on the show. Anytime. And please come back. I will. All right, thanks, y'all. Thank you so much for checking out the Positioning to Profit podcast. If you haven't already done so, please make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any new episodes. And also, it would mean the world to me if you would take a quick moment to leave a rating and review 
on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast player. It really helps to get the word out about the podcast and of course the featured guests. And lastly, please make sure to connect with me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm on all of them and use hashtag positioning to profit so that I can (laughs) search you out and connect that way too. All right. Thanks so much. See you next time.